0: This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments.
1: Loki is the vocalist for Hybrid Nightmares who are releasing their debut full-length El Majest tomorrow. They'll be touring Australia through October and November playing at the Eastern Hotel in Ballarat on October 20th and launching the album at the Evelyn Hotel in Melbourne on October 21st. Loki, thank you so much for joining me. You're most welcome, Ben. Now, let's talk about the album. When did you start sure. working on it? You, you finished off the ages. When, when did you start working on it after that?
0: So, I believe we started working on Alma Jess in Easter or Labor Day weekend of 2015. So it was actually smack bang at the start of the ages cycle. Um, We we tend to get together and do a bit of a, we call it professional development weekend, but it ends up being a a four-day barbecue um, to discuss what we want to do over the next year. And um, not last year, but the year before we got together and... uh, started talking about what we wanted to do with the album.
1: How do you guys go about writing the album? Is there particular members who contribute uh, a significant amount? Is it a joint effort? How does that all work? Sure.
0: So in this run, we did um, a bit more of a, co- a collaborative approach. John, of course, has historically brought a lot of the uh, the content. Um, but uh, this time, and this time as well, I'd say he was responsible for, at least in the first instance, most of the album, um, there's a track on there or two that were sort of Ben's original ideas. One of them's Gumley's, but uh, once again, we, we you know you sort of bring in the riff bank and then shop it all together into into the final product. And that was quite a lengthy process this time, so we uh, we wanted to take our time with it to make sure the album was just right.
1: In terms of like you've got the music, but with with a concept album like this, obviously that kind of plays a really large part in it, and it can kind of shape the album to an incredible degree. What kind of came first? The, the music, did you start writing the music? Did the ideas start flying about what you wanted to write the lyrics about? Where did that all fit in?
0: Well, in that first uh, concept meeting, that first barbecue back in 2015, um, John, John sort of came and said, look guys, I've got this idea for a concept album about uh, the Almagest. Uh, or Almagest, rather. And um, he came to us with the idea, not not so much the lyrics or or the story, but the, you know, the core of it, we want it to follow this sort of model. We want it to be around the Almagest, uh, involving it, some kind of journey either outwards or inwards or whatever it might be. Um, so at least for this instance, uh, for the album, uh, the, the concept very much came first. And, and we tend to do that with our releases as well. With the ages, we, we were sort of like, is oh, well, the, uh, as you recall, it was about, um, it's loosely based on the Hindu yugas, and so we said, oh, we want to do the release like this, and we did like that, and very similar to the to, to Almagest. It uh, was very much a concept first before it was uh, an album.
1: What, what is the <laughs> Almagest?
0: Okay, so um, the Almagest, or other Almagest, uh, was written by Ptolemy quite some time ago, and it's about, um, it was sort of the original... Uh, model for the solar system, where Earth was in the middle and everything sort of revolved around us. Um, And so we based it on that, and and you can see that through the track title, through the album artwork, through the story, the way that uh, that the Pilgrim, as he's known, journeys outwards from Earth to to the edge of our solar system. and so, so that's where it's rooted, but then we've taken elements from various other sort of like we tend to do various other stories, um, historical fiction, as well as uh, other other religions, esotericism, that sort of thing.
1: The idea of sort of journeying through zones on top of or around each other, very sort of reminiscent yeah. of, of Dante's and uh, the Divine Comedy. Um, mm. You know, people obviously think of the Inferno, but given this kind of heavenly idea, maybe the, uh, the uh, paradise is. Perhaps more apt for this. Did that play into it at all?
0: A little bit. There's a there's a slight nod to Virgil, um, with the guides. There's two guides you'll see on the cover. Uh, the, the, the pilgrim, as it's known, has these two guides. One sort of representing reason and logic, and the other representing uh, zealous faith. Um, they tend to guide him through. So, so that, that was drawn, or at least there's an homage to uh, Dante's Inferno and Virgil. Um, but a lot of it is more heavily to do with the, the concept of uh, the Alma Earth being the centre and, uh, and the journey of the Pilgrim towards whatever uh, is, is at the edge of, of, of its life.
1: We talked about the ages um, a little bit last time we were having a chat and we, we, we briefly touched on the idea of the, uh, the obelisk sort of playing a prominent role in your second EP as well as the cycle of the ages. Have you, sort of, so. ha- have you had any continuity between those kind of ideas and, and this album?
0: Sure. Um, that's a fantastic question about the obelisk. It doesn't actually appear uh, on this album at all. Um, not not that the concept has been abandoned but we tend to consider the releases uh, multiple instances across multiple versions of the same reality much like the multiverse theory where everything is happening all at once simultaneously and things are either neither up nor down nor back nor front um, although it exists kind of in the same universe if you like uh, it, it, it's both a, an entirely related yet completely separate story if I, I, that probably doesn't make a lot of sense to your listeners, but um, th- let, let's just say that there are uh, recurring themes or perhaps recurring characters in the uh, in, in the stories we, we tell.
1: With the ages, there was you know a, a conceptual release across four different mm. EPs. Why did you choose to go with an album this time as opposed to releasing, I don't know, two, three EPs, um, sure. splitting up the story like like you do with the ages? Great question.
0: And um, we get asked the inverse a lot, which is with the ages, oh, why didn't you just do a double album? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think it's about time for us. You know, we've been around for 10 years this month, actually. Happy birthday. And uh, we've gone 10 years with... With uh, with literally a handful five EPs and uh, and a single, and we thought now was the time to shoot with the album. Um, certainly, as as a it, it's about an hour and six minutes long, so it fits nicely into that album length. Um, and the, the story was one that I think can be told. It's not quite as grand as the ages, which spans multiple you know tens of thousands of years. This is just a fraction of a of a lifetime's worth of stories. So. It was, I think, more appropriate to, to put it all in the one release.
1: In, in terms of that, like you, you have a release like The Ages, very expansive, and you've got a release like this, and it's sort of more compact in a certain way. Does, does that mean you approach it any differently?
0: Uh, in what sense? The story or the, the songwriting? Or? Like
1: in, in the way that you kind of move from writing to recording, does that change in any way?
0: Uh, a little bit, yeah. We did um, a lot of pre-production with this release uh, and the album recording cycle, although not lengthy in terms of days, spanned a long period. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that approach was necessary to get the best out of the, the content that we had. I mean, the, the, the time we spent with Troy uh, McCosker in the studio, uh, he's worked on guys like Nabal Mascaris and A Million Dead Birds Laughing, so we had this excellent resource where we could try a whole gamut of things and I think um, having that length of time and, and that difference in approach where of course the ages was done mainly off our own backs has been a real boon um, and, and certainly if we, if we uh, down the line when we release the next one we'll, uh, we'll approach it the same way I think.
1: One particular thing that was called out in some mm-hmm. of the press that was sent out is the clean vocals that are sprinkled throughout the album. Um, I want to kind of talk about the, the rest of the vocals in the next question. Sure, But sure. What, what kind of made you put those in? Was it kind of sort of just developing as a band? What, 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 where'd they come from?
0: Um, we were looking to sell out. No, the, <laughs> the, the, clean, the clean vocals uh, feature mainly on soul which would be one of my favourite songs. And I think when we, when we put that song together and we were writing, uh, or at least I was writing the lyrics for it or how I wanted to do it, none of us could hear it with screaming. And originally we had I tracked it, not tracked it, but um, demoed it with, with all screams and we went, this isn't right. So uh, we 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 went to great lengths. I, I did singing lessons, and we paid millions of dollars for Kanye West's auto tune, <laughs> and, uh, and we, that, that was the result. and we're really happy with it. It's not so much um, a change of, uh, well, it is a change of pace for us. But I, I don't think it's something we'll be doing a lot. But certainly, I think for that song, and it is me singing. Um, it, uh, it was it was right, and I think when people listen to that, they'll go. I can't imagine this being screamed it, it's hooky as well the, the melody there the chorus I think a lot of people will identify with that in their heart so uh, uh, the clean singing that track was definitely the right choice
1: yeah I, I completely agree with that like that song in particular but like a lot of other songs uh, like, are great examples of the kind of variety of feel and style that I think's you know, really prominent in the album. What, what kind of influenced that? Because I think, I think there is a little bit more here than in some of your previous stuff.
0: I mean, a lot of the stuff we listen to these days, um, we, I listen to a lot of avant-garde and experimental noise music, which probably doesn't come through as much <laughs> as, uh, as the metal influences, but, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time listening to bands like Typical Gear and Satiricon, enslaved have had a big influence on us over the years so uh certainly a lot more of the progressive elements of what we do i think a prison on the album but we didn't approach it trying to pigeonhole it as oh great now we're australia's this band um and i think we've succeeded in that it's very much its own sound i, I struggle to think of bands that that, that are doing there's there, there definitely some similar bands out there, but they're not quite doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't place it,
1: mm-hmm, no, definitely. Uh, which
0: I was really, really happy with. Really
1: happy. With.
0: Yeah, definitely. You, you can you can hear the influences from the black metal and the progressive metal, but um, yeah, I think we're doing something a bit a bit
1: different. Oh, definitely. Um, in terms of like the the rest of the vocals. Um, it it kind of there was a little bit of mix-up and I, the delivery was just really great. I loved it. Is that something that has come through as part of the singing lessons? Is that something you're working on separately? How, how, how have um, you been going with that?
0: Diversity in the vocals, uh, I think, just comes with time. I've been doing extreme music and singing in extreme music for 12 years now, and I think as you go on, your voice settles a bit and you start to realise what you're good at. And what your strengths are, and and work on. You play to your strengths, but work on your weaknesses. So, um, the, the the vocals here, although seemingly more diverse, are actually more natural for me.
1: You released the, your first music video for Alter. Like when you when you go about picking a song that you're going to do music for, video for, because you're only ultimately <coughs> going to do, you know, maybe one music video. Why why do you pick that song, and, and what was that whole process like working on it?
0: Um. The process for Old Tour was fan, uh, fantastic from start to finish for us. We'd never done a music video before. We've recorded one that we never released. We uh, may, may surface on a DVD, you know, somewhere in the in the annals of time, but uh, certainly not anytime soon. But uh, we sat down and said, "Well, what song do we think best captures the spirit of this album for for what we're trying to release, and Old Soul has everything it's got." It's got, it's got a head-banging riff, it's got an anthemic chorus, uh, it's a great moshing song, it's a great head-banging song, and also a lot of the, the weird, not uh, heavier, progressive stuff that we do um, features in that track, so I think that's why we picked that song. Also, uh, from the video clip perspective, we had the privilege of working with Imperium Pictures, who are a new, a new crew, um, and they were a joy to work with. That thing, that clip was recorded in less than a day um, and we, uh, we were very happy with the, with the result.
1: The album's going to be released tomorrow. For you, what, what <coughs> does that day look like? Is there anything special about the release date?
0: Yeah, it's a full moon. Um, it's the day before our first full-scale national tour. We're touring to every capital city except Darwin. Uh, unfortunately, we, we don't have a contact there but uh, we're touring to every other capital city. And uh, so for us, yeah, tomorrow, October 6th is a significant date. Beyond that, there's, there's not much else to it. Um, the, the full moon's very important to us. It, you know, we, we, we're at the peak of our power under the full moon. I know that'll sound weird to some people, but uh, it, it has a lot to do with the way things happen on Earth. And I think that's presented as well in the second track of the album, Luna, and when people are listening back to that tomorrow and maybe contemplating the full moon and, and its effect on people, uh, they, might, they might see it in a different light, if you like.
1: When we last yeah. spoke, you were preparing for Hell in the Bay 4. How did number five go?
0: Brilliant. Sell out again. A um, couple of minor technical difficulties, but uh, that's to be expected when you've got a boat full of uh, metalheads out on the bay having a good night in. Uh, you're not entirely in control a lot of the time. You know, you depend on the boat to have its power supplies and that sort of thing. But everyone had a fantastic time. There was no trouble. Everyone went home with a smile on their face saying, see you next year, Loki. see you next year, Loki." So, you know, we, we, we love it. We're, we're gearing up to number six already. Uh, and I don't think that'll stop any time in the near future.
1: Your new costumes love them. They, they really embody kind of the, the idea of um, the, the space but in, in a really mystical kind of way. How would you go about yep. creating them?
0: Uh, I, we sort of went to, um, so our drummer, uh, Adam, he built those costumes from scratch, uh, or rather forged the armour in the hell fire and all that sort of stuff. Um, he, he built those costumes from scratch in his garage, and we, we went to him with like, oh, I wanted to have... Big shoulders or I wanted to have this sort of vibe uh, and we had some sketch drawings and that sort of thing and then he came back with uh, with what we call the armour now and um, we were stoked. It's, it's easy to breathe in, it's lightweight, uh, it's cool, it looks really warm but it's actually quite cool uh, and it looks cool, it looks great. I again, I, I can't think of anyone, at least in Australia, who's approaching their live show that way. So, yeah, again, we're doing something, I think, a little bit special and
1: a little bit different. This is one of these kind of weird things that often with almost everything in life, the more you do of something, the easier it gets. But with a band choosing a set list can become more difficult I know some of the bands that have been around for decades have a lot of trouble but you like you've you've got the ages you've got th- this new album which I reckon you could play basically all the tracks from and it'd go down great how, how do you go about picking between that you know, and as well as your uh, first EP uh,
0: we um, that's always been a real tough one for us this uh, this album cycle we're playing at the, at the headlining shows we're playing four tracks at uh, touring shows, depending on the set length, they're playing between two and four tracks off the new album. Uh, There are no songs off the self-titled in any of the sets, and there is a handful of songs from the ages. And I think um, for no other reason than than set length and what we think fits conceptually within the set, Uh, we're certainly not trying to tie in, uh, you know, More Not the Dead is very much a Viking boat song, and it doesn't really fit thematically with... Uh, you know, uh, a half man, half machine floating outwards to the edge of space. So we've tried to pick thematically or at least story-wise songs that fit. And that was the main approach. Everything we do is quite intentional. Uh, There are songs that are obvious singles from the ages that we've left off the set, Uh, not because they're not great, but because they do not
1: fit the set conceptually. My last question about your live shows, is, like any international touring in the works, is that something you're looking at or Uh,
0: yes we've recently announced or about to announce uh, another Japanese tour with Elevati, that's four shows in February next year certainly we're expanding our reach a little bit, we're trying to get over to Europe, I think we'll have some success there in the middle of next year Mm -hmm. and uh, other than that you know, we'll just, uh, just play the cards where they fall, we've got a really good network of allies and supporters now so I think we can hit the ground running with this album and, and you know conquer the world as is our destiny as spacefaring uh, demon warriors
1: when sure. did you first start doing these kind of vocals uh, screaming vocals yeah
0: um, about 12 years ago my, my first band was a band it was a garage band with uh, a friend of mine who used to play in Brutonomy uh, and he and I did a, a really basic a sort of garage black metal project and that, that's when i started with it but um in terms of doing it as a band but even then when i was you know 11 or 12 i was singing along to bands like immortal jimmy born you know, gear great local those sorts of bands trying to emulate the style and so yeah maybe 15 years as an amateur or oh, 15 years since i started as an amateur and 10 years professionally maybe Nice, nice.
1: That'd be about right. Alma Jest will be released tomorrow. Uh, Hybrid Nightmares also be touring Australia through October and November, playing at the Eastern Hotel in Ballarat on the 20th, and launching the album at the Evelyn Hotel in Melbourne on October 21st. Get, that, get down there, guys. Loki, thank you so much for joining me. Um, it's a really, You're most welcome. It's a great pleasure talking to you. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mosh Fit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. To find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au/moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com/moshpitonsin, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the regular Moshpit Radio Show broadcasts punk, rock, and mel tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on SYN 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia, can stream SYN 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Tomato from Gun Apocalypse.
1: Hi, I'm Enid from Girl School. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the
0: Axe. Hey, this is Gary Oldman of The Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Moss Pit on Stim FM.
1: Hi, this is Aina from Leopard.
0: Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lily.
1: This is Round from 1349.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Ali from Zebrahead. Hey everybody! This is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Ten.